This is Sexy Funny Raw, where we chat all about the world of sex, from dating and relationships all the way to the adult industry itself. I'm Sylvia Sage, and this is my Pornspective, answering all the questions you weren't even brave enough to ask Google. Get ready, because Sexy Funny Raw starts now. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Sexy Funny Raw. I am your host, Sylvia Sage, and I am joined as always by the lovely Dr. Eddie giving us his public health perspective. And I am so very grateful to have a very good friend of mine in studio today. I am bringing you uh, the Internet's favorite stepmother, uh, penthouse pet and uh, adult film actress, my very good friend, Ryan Keeley. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So... This week, we are going to jump into a subject that I think is pretty controversial at the moment uh, and definitely at uh, the top of conversations, at least uh, in my group of friends. Uh, We're going to talk about sex work and the um, sex industry. So let's get into it. Today, we're talking about sex work and the culture that uh, stigmatizes it while also fueling an obsession with it. And isn't that the truth? There are many harmful myths that create these misconceptions that further add to the stigma and discrimination. Uh, perhaps the most common is that sex work is an act of gender-based violence towards men and women. I think that plays into a huge part of it because most people, when they think about sex work, they're thinking about sex trafficking. They're thinking about people who are forced to be doing something. And when I think about sex work, I think about the complete opposite. In fact, it's hard for me to wrap my brain around the fact that there is still sex trafficking going on because obviously I would want no part of that. I would want to put an end to that. And anything I can do, I would um, certainly do my part to make sure that everyone was safe in all sexual settings. Um, But I really want to touch on the differences between and the empowerment that sex work does really give to men and women who are participating freely in it, such as myself <laughs> and myself and Ryan. But yes. I want to jump in and talk about why that there is this larger misconception yeah. about sex work versus uh sex trafficking. Because and I think a part of that is a lot of public policy issues and a mm-hmm. lot of um Uh, public campaigns, advertising campaigns uh, to make sex trafficking or human trafficking in general appear to be a much larger problem than it actually is. When you look at the actual numbers of people that are trafficked into the sex trade as opposed to uh, willing participants, it's it's like less than a fraction of a percent. And then we also have to talk about the difference between, you know, survival sex work and how that Mm -hmm. relates to someone like me. Hugely, yeah. I am a licensed esthetician. I have had real jobs. Mm -hmm. I just like this more. Exactly. (laughs) And I think, Dr. Eddie, you and I were talking about it even previous to the show beginning, is that we wanted to address the fact of now a person of myself or Ryan's stature when we work in... um, our field, we are kind of the top dogs of our field. So we're kind we're, of, uh, well, we, okay, are. we are. <laughs> <laughs> so we are, you know, financially stable. We are, uh, you know, we run multiple very successful companies and we kind of have like the, the 
the uh, hold, a stiff hold on all of this. But I think especially I know personally when I got into the industry nine years ago, I did not have that. I came in with no uh, prior knowledge to anything that was going to be happening. I got a really skeezy agent, which I didn't know at the time was a skeezy agent. And I was kind of forced into poverty. And I was doing a lot of things that I didn't want to be doing earlier on in my career. I was doing, you know, backdoor porn I was crawling around on all fours drinking milk out of a saucer you know so I was doing I was one of those people I started out as one of those people and I was not really Max Hardcore uh, no um um Derek yeah let's call them out <laughs> yeah, yeah, Derek Hay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let's name them. Yeah. Uh, so um, under his guidance, I was on, honestly virtually pushed into like uh, homelessness, and I was forced into doing things that I didn't want to do. But a big part of his was he was forcing women to go into escorting. Mm-hmm. That was what he really. That was his end goal because he had a bigger cut in escorting than he did if you were working in pornography. And I believe his cut was fifty percent, whereas for porn work, I think. It was 20%. Yeah. 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 Now, I never escorted for him. Um, Mm -hmm. So I never went down that road. So he ended up um, making me buy out of my contract to go somewhere else. That makes me so mad because these contracts that are illegal and they're not enforceable. And I, one of the first people I knew in porn was Haley Page, who was one of his his models who eventually Mm -hmm. ended up dying under mysterious circumstances. Mm. And uh, I just, he destroys women. Yes. Oh, absolutely. He, He breaks them. And it's, it's, he's... And he's, he's currently out of the country. I think he's currently in prison. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> he's currently in prison. So there seems to be a discrepancy with experience and time in the industry yes. and how the young are perhaps targeted in a different way. Yes. And you kind of age out of that kind of behavior or you I, gain agency as you go? I would say more of gain agency because you kind of uh, learn more about the industry and learn the ins and outs. And you get to talk to other people. You get to talk to more successful people and figure out what they're doing and the game that they're playing within the industry. As opposed to in the beginning, I didn't know anything. That's why I've always said I think there should be a porn 101 where people kind of give you the rundown of, you know, what. Here's the biggest Historically, thing. Historically, they did have it. And it used to be back when AIM was running the industry until they got mm. run out of business by AIDS Healthcare Foundation. Right. Well, a big thing of it for me is is being able to say no. I didn't know I could say no in the beginning. That was never brought to my attention. It was never like this is your uh, a comforting space for you. This is a place where you know you feel safe. I was, that was never how it was introduced to me. It was like you work for me. You do X, Y, and Z. And so... I had that experience and mm-hmm. then I also started talking to other people and gained a little bit more perspective and gained more respect for myself and a big thing for me was I got to do an HBO movie and the HBO director when I got hired to do the movie his big thing was is when they were asking me what my availability was I said I'm all I'm available whenever you need me and he goes that's the wrong answer he was like you need to check your schedule because you're really busy because you're in demand and he was like and then you'll get back to me with dates that you're available and I was like, wow, okay. I learned so much from that man because I was like, yeah, I should be telling people I'm in demand because when they think that you are just free to do anything, they don't want to book you. And I actually didn't book that job. I got the movie because the girl who did book it got pink eye. <laughs> so <laughs> I learned a lot of valuable lessons that day I did. so well, I, also, I do think that you're raising a really interesting question or kind of area of concern where 
people don't have that ability to say no mm-hmm. or consent isn't um, isn't on the menu a mm-hmm. lot of times, right? And so I feel like that's very new in our industry. I mean, when did you start? Nine years ago. Nine year, in nine years ago, it definitely was not acceptable. It wasn't to say no or complain mm-hmm. and it's even now like there's a little bit more leeway mm-hmm. but it's still very much stigmatized to speak up about working conditions on set set yeah oh yeah i mean even though we have people who are strictly put there to be our liaisons you know on scene it's still to the point where if i said like oh my god i can't believe we had to run this line five times i'd be like well sylvia was complaining while she was there you know or if i say something about having to be in cowgirl for you know 20 minutes i'm like my thighs hurt and they're like well she didn't have the stamina that we needed for the scene, you know? Mm-hmm. So it is little things of like, you don't want to complain. You want to feel happy go lucky on set. And, well, you know, I had an experience recently where I was given, I was a replacement, which happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was given less than 24 hours notice mm-hmm. about the booking. Um, so I was shooting the day before, shooting up until I think eight o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. And my call time the next morning was very specific wardrobe requirements to the point where mm. they sent me pictures. Mm. Um, I was supposed to ha- be hair and makeup ready on set at 9.30 a.m. And it required completely changing my manicure and pedicure. Oh my God. And I was like, yo! Because <laughs> we're not reimbursed for wardrobe. We're no. not reimbursed for doing our nails. No. We're not reimbursed for any of that. So yeah. I showed up at 9.30 and just did my makeup on set. But yeah. like... I'd been up since seven thirty doing yeah. my nails. <laughs> <gasps> you did change your nails? Are they yeah. Wow. And and every time I've worked with this company, it has been one time a literal actual shit show. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, but they're the a big company, and I just know that I I better not complain. Yeah. I'm just not. You can't. Yeah. You can't say anything, especially for the bigger companies, because if you want their their um brand name Mm -hmm. and you want their exposure you kind of just you know yeah you do the things but you have a yes and no list so let's let's remember that i will definitely say like i also have other streams of income that's not dependent on booking 110 when i started was not you know we had that discussion also yeah it's it's not the same thing it used to be very dependent on your agent and your reputation with companies and directors yeah uh whereas now i mean thank god for OnlyFans and you know all of these other streams of income because before it's just feature dancing yeah porn and a membership site if you were lucky to be able to do the other two yeah no absolutely i've never been able to dance because i just can't i'd have no rhythm um so <laughs> that actually doesn't stripping matter was, oh it mattered it mattered <clears throat> i tried i i tried oh. i tried so hard and i remember them at the club being like it's it's fine. And like, I feel like everyone gets like called back. They're like, no one will ever call you again. Don't you worry. And I'm like, I know that because I'm like, I'm just awkwardly flop around like a fish. It's really uncomfortable for everyone. My my trick for that when I feature dance before my knees gave out because stripper knee and stripper elbow are a real health concern that we do not discuss enough um, <laughs> was I did flop around, but I always yeah. did messy shows. So uh, I would flop around and cover myself in whipped cream. There you go. Or a Ocean or whatever. Yeah. So it was like me and like a big old blanket or a t- <laughs> just like rolling around in a fluvia being like, yeah, I'm a porn star. Ooh, you Don't love you love this? Mm, I'm so messy and stuff. 
dicky. Uh. <laughs> and they did it love worked. it. Yeah, it I was going to say. And you know they did. Yeah, and I've, you know they did. Yeah. I seem to be hearing that <laughs> everyone is making this choice here. A hundred percent. And so some of those myths that we've heard about yeah. where it can't possibly be a choice. Yes. So we're... we're can we talk about that just a yes. second? Because I think it's really important. Uh, a lot of the adult film stars that that I that I know are very empowered businesswomen. Yes. I see you all in the same mm-hmm. like a similar light. Um, but I do know that it, that's not the case for everyone. Yeah. Um, and you have a very self-selecting group because you're seeing the ones that have their shit together enough mm-hmm. to want to promote their brand, think about having a brand, and then yeah. go out of their way, take care of you know child care or dog care or mm-hmm. whatever, take time out of the day to come and be here. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. It's super interesting, but it's counter to what we're hearing uh, via political streams, via yeah. like the larger conversations, where it's constantly kind of painting a very different picture where you don't have a choice. You're forced mm-hmm. to it. Everyone's a traumatized young mm-hmm. woman mm-hmm. that then went into sex work because she had no options. Yep. And so... I mean, I am a traumatized, not so young woman, <laughs> but this is my best option. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you even said like you have, yeah. you have a degree. I have a college degree. I don't have a degree. Oh. I'm a high school dropout. Oh well, you're an esthetician, right? Yeah, licensed esthetician. Licensed yeah. esthetician. Well, I mean, you still have a back. You have something to back you up yeah. and something a to fall on. Field. Right. I worked in medicine for nearly a decade. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I can work in any hospital I want. I wouldn't. I won't ever go work for anyone ever again. But I could, <laughs> you know. So there's definitely. It's not. Um, it's not. It's my only option. Or I know you're joking, but you. And honestly. It is the best option for the simple fact that I run my own company. I make a great living. I make my own schedule. Like I can do all of the things that I want to do. That's why I do it. I don't do it because I'm like, everyone's going to think really great things about me. (laughs) And they're definitely going to want their sons to marry me. So (laughs) definitely killing it in that avenue. I mean, I know that there are ups and downs to it, but... I have never thought of like uh, being a wife and a mother. That's never been like my goal in life. My personal goal in life was to travel the world in luxury. And by God, <laughs> did I make that happen? So yeah, the last couple of times I've been, uh, uh, I've tried to hit Sylvia up to hang out. She just sends me a picture of her in like Napa and like a picture of a glass of wine, and I'm like, cool, 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 cool. Look at you, just vacationing my life away. We're doing I'm usually in traffic. When I see those, actually, I'm gonna light myself on fire. (laughs) But there are all different types of sex work. I mean, from I even think now these OnlyFans people, there is a whole new breed of sex workers that has just come to light with OnlyFans. You have all of these girls who never thought about porn, they never thought about stripping, but they can go on OnlyFans and they can secretly do these sex things or not even sex things some people are just showing their feet which is still a sex avenue for so many people so it is so broad from strippers to hookers to prostitutes to escorts which are all different things by the way um (laughs) to um cam girls cam girls yeah to porn people themselves um I think a big myth and a misunderstanding is that you are buying a sex worker, especially when it comes to the um, hooker or um, escort avenue of that. Um, You are never buying a person, by the way. You are buying a section of their time. And there is also never um, even... You're not buying their time. You're paying for their time. Well, right. And it's a service, too, right? Yes. So... 
we would think of a service if we're going to the salon or a barber or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. It's a service that we're getting and it's over. I don't own said right person. Right. Yeah. Which is where I think it can get a little blurry with like, you know, I can defile this person while I have them there. Well, it's not that. It's still very a respected job, and these people just deserve as much respect with the time that you're giving them as you would give any ordinary person. Now, you might be able to do a little bit more fun things because this person might be open to a little bit more conversation than your normal date would. Um, but I don't ever think, I don't even ever think that, now, maybe I'm bad for saying this. I don't ever even think that sex is a mandatory when you're buying an escort or a hooker. I feel like... Not that I would ever legally ever say that I have experience with that sort of thing, but I feel like a lot of times when you are purchasing a sex work type service, whether it's an escort or a stripper or whatever, most of the time you are just paying for time and companionship. Yeah. And I think that the bigger part of the job is not the sex act. Same thing mm -hmm. in porn. The biggest part of the that. job is not the sex act. That's the yeah. shortest part of my day. It is. <laughs> it is. Yeah. yeah. It's funny because when you get to sex, like sex is the last part of a porn scene. And you literally, I mean, I always ask the question, like, how much time do you need? Um, so I, can't <laughs> I need to pace myself. How <laughs> yeah. many positions and how much time? Because yeah. if I'm going to need to spend 10 minutes in, in, in reverse yeah. cowgirl, I'm going to need to stretch Mentally out. Prepare okay. for this. I gotta stretch out. I'm 38. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I gotta lay. I gotta do my shoulder exercises. Yeah. Like you know. Yeah. And that's, warm up. And just so you know, it's 25, 35, or 45 minutes of sex, and that is the shortest part of the day. If mm -hmm. we could just have the sex, everybody would go home happy people. But it's eight hours of lines that you guys don't ever see that we <laughs> have to go through first. I. If there's any fan people out here that are fans of porn that vote in the fan voting categories, I want best non-sex performance. There you go. Because I haven't won a single XBiz or AVN award. Me either. And the one that I want is I want an award for my acting. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. Because I put my heart in, I go full telenovela. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> I feel the same way. I love the acting portion. So it's not about the three minutes it takes to get a guy off. Yeah, definitely but, not. Uh, definitely no. not that. Yeah. No. I love it though. I love the acting portion. It's my favorite part. Oh, yeah. Well, because the sex, I mean, I'm sorry, but sex can be kind of boring. It's kind of the same thing. Porn sex is not real sex. No. Porn sex is very... Um, it's an athletic performance. Yeah. And we, like she said, if I have to spend five minutes in this position or 10 minutes in this position, that's exactly what it is. You go into it knowing I have to give this five minute blowjob and then <laughs> he's going to eat me out for three minutes. And then for eight minutes, we'll do missionary and then we'll mm. switch for 10 well, minutes. Eight minutes of missionary, missionary. Is, is my favorite. <laughs> Thank that's, you. My, that's, that's the beginning and end of my sex life. That's all I want. Like eight minutes of missionary done. Thank you. I would like you to get out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I can clean the house. Yes. <laughs> and no one loves reverse cowgirl except maybe the cameraman. The camera the camera loves reverse the cowgirl. The camera loves reverse cowgirl. Yeah. Uh, we have an episode about that later. Yeah, we'll talk worry. about that later. <laughs> uh. <laughs> okay. Uh so I mean we've discussed it. Obviously, sex work is very much a choice. It's a choice that we are making. I think a lot of people make it. <clears throat> In a very happy, healthy way. I think there is a lot of, and I've dealt with this. I have, Dr. Eddie, we were talking about this before also. I had a male friend who I was actually dating who worked in the industry. And he had done a scene 
that I saw and was so repulsed by the images that I saw that I was breaking up with him because I was like, I can't believe you would do this to this woman. This is disgusting. And we got into a huge argument about it. And he came back to me and said, you're so wrong. This was her idea. She booked us for this job. And I thought, oh, my God, this girl wanted this done. And here I am over here like I thought she would be traumatized for life. I can't imagine being put into that position. But this is what she wanted. So let's just remember that there's different things for everybody. Just because you're not into this doesn't mean that this person isn't into this. Like, I'm into it. I'm into getting paid to have sex with people. <laughs> it seems crazy, but I love it. <laughs> so. that, is, that, that is my number one kink is, is yeah. sex for money. Is yeah. it, That is my kink. Followed by efficacy. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, I wonder why I ever had sex for free. And Actually, I think efficacy is why I have sex for money because I get laid and I get paid. It's a double win. Two things win. at the same time. Two things I love. And no, sex three, and cash. I get the attention because I'm a middle child. Oh, <laughs> yeah. There you go. I would say that it paints a, a slightly strange picture only because not every orgasm is those off-the-wall vaginal orgasms yes. that are portrayed, right? So it could As potentially... As someone who's... Yes, but I I am that exception. Really? You always real orgasm? Oh, I come so easily that my biggest problem in scenes is the reason I have to pace myself is because I'll go through positions too quickly because Mm. I'll come and I'm like, next, next, next. (laughs) And then they'll be like, okay, so you did 15 positions in 15 minutes. Oh my God. We need another 20 minutes. And I'm like, I'm exhausted. (laughs) I could never. <laughs> but I was always very in touch with my sexuality, and I kind of went on a personal journey where I made myself more sensitive and more orgasmic by lots of masturbating. That is a whole new episode ways. we're going to bring Ryan back for because I need to learn that because I'm over here like, uh, I think I have desensitized a lot. Um, you, but... You've made me come from sucking on my toes, I'm fairly oh, certain. Good. Yeah. Good. I'm glad I did that for you. We actually did have a, a very hot scene recently, and we were both like, feet, feet, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're jumping ahead. We're jumping ahead about uh, the differences between sex trafficking and sex work, but I think we need to talk more about how, like, the reason that people have an idea that people that end up in the adult industry are trafficked and that is unlikely for a variety of reasons one of which is that in order to perform an adult film you have to provide so much documentation of your age that and of your sobriety and of your sobriety that's the thing is all of the sex that you're seeing on camera we are stone cold sober unfortunately the middle of the afternoon it's 2 p.m yeah Yeah, it's 2 (laughs) p.m yeah (laughs) yeah i had someone ask me recently like well how do you do what you do do you get like super wasted and i was like no you can't be you can't can't consent after a certain after a certain number of drinks with someone you meet at a bar i can't consent to sign a model release for something that's gonna go out for perpetuity in all forms known and unknown across the internet yeah across the you know all distribution platforms yeah so true Mm -hmm. it wasn't like that when we first got in i do remember doing my very first first anal scene and them giving me whiskey but what yeah 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 i feel like i was robbed (laughs) did it help it did it did but also uh, watching the video back now i was like oh i was sloppy (laughs) it was all over the place but i would have rather because i've only done a couple of anal scenes and i kind of don't really do them anymore because instead of being sloppy i'm just like (laughs) The whole time, it's like it's a, it's a full body wince. 
<laughs> instead of instead of the sexy curve on your back, you've got this one, the paint. The- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm too stubborn to back out now. <laughs> yeah. The this is painful look going on. Yeah. We've all been there. We've all I been mean, there. I mean, half of my orgasm faces look pretty painful, so I don't think anyone can dull <laughs> Same. I feel like mine do too, which is why most of my <laughs> orgasms on movies are fake because I want to look pretty. <laughs> let's let's be honest. See, I have embraced the demon eye roll. I'm like, I... <laughs> If I don't look like I'm being possessed, people don't know that it's you. Yeah. People are like, that's fake bullshit. Yeah, if I'm just like, oh, yes, I'm coming. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm coming. Yeah, that's fake. But if I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you, prese- do you think it presents a, a weird picture to, to young guys? Because we don't necessarily have the best sex education in this oh, country, yeah. if at all, right? So that's um, why I started performing in. Um, performing in film so I when I got into the industry I worked behind the scenes for several years before I performed Mm -hmm. unlike you I'm so thankful for that experience because had I not worked behind the scenes in the adult industry I would have ended up with a Derek Hay and my life would be very different yeah um but because I worked as a PA on sets I Mm. worked in distribution I had had all these other jobs um I had an overview of the industry and this used to be back that before every single scene the girls had to film a standard solo masturbation. Mm-hmm. And this was, and it wasn't an, for an, adi- an additional rate. That was another mm-hmm. weird thing at the time. But for years, that was industry standard. You did your pretty girls, you went and filmed a solo, yeah. and then you went into dialogue and sex. Mm-hmm. And as I was, I was shooting like second cam or BTS or whatever, and I got tired of watching all of these bitches fake orgasms. And I'm like, <laughs> this, was, this must have been during like the beginning of the Bush years because it was right when they changed all of the sex ed across uh, the country. And so I was like, I'm going to do porn because like, I don't, I mean, I was kind of punk rock at the time, man. <laughs> I don't care. People know that I'm fucking, fucking punk rock because punk's not right. even punk anymore. <laughs> and so I started doing it because I wanted to show an example of what a real female orgasm was because I am orgasmic and I can come in three minutes. Right, right. And so I was, that's kind of because I thought that like there needs to be some representation out there. Yeah. But because the, there isn't a lot. And you're right. It is very much like. You know, we're playing towards, you know, every position you, not every position, but in almost every position, they're like, okay, now give us an orgasm. You're like, well, but I wouldn't have an orgasm in this position, but okay. Oh, 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 here we go. Like, and as long as you say the words, I'm coming, someone somehow out there still believes you. So, um, yeah, it's just very interesting. But I do think that a big reminder is that porn is not sex education. Let's remember that. Well, it um, shouldn't be. It but should not be. In a lot be. of ways, I'd probably, probably counter-argue that it is for a large generation of people because mm-hmm. there's nowhere else. There's nowhere else people are getting this information. This is where people are learning about the female body, right. their own body, what they might potentially like. I mm-hmm. think all of those things are kind of wrapped up to it. It's not the... Uh, adult film industry's intention, right. but like as a byproduct of the culture that we're in, it's still coming. It's to becoming that, that mm-hmm. right? And so I think that's like a, like a challenging kind of space to be in, um, because because it is happening, right? And so now we have teenage boys thinking that 
that's how a woman's going to orgasm. Mm -hmm. Three minutes of just vaginal penetration. Never heard of a clitoris. Before. Right. Well, or <laughs> if they can even have sex with women at all, because uh, there's been a lot of studies that are showing that young men are unable to, if they are able to achieve an erection with a human partner, they're unable to orgasm because they're used to having 16 tabs open mm. and being able to fondle themselves in whatever way feels best to them. And they have never learned to like mix up their grip, try different things. Mm. And it's like they need to be able to switch from like this, there's, you know, a gangbang to like, you know, their favorite Instagram model rubbing their boobs to whatever. And it's so much stimulation. It's so much input that at some person, you know, a person is just a person and they're also right. kind of intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a really great point. <laughs> Which is why I think we are intimidating to men also. A, a lamest man. I think I it's my more you than me, but okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Maybe if you bought some titties, Dr. Eddie, you could be intimidating too. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> it's the titties. It's really the titties. All right, Dr. Eddie, anything else uh, we really need to drop on before we close out? Uh, I mean, I want to make sure that because we didn't zero in on the difference between uh, sex work and trafficking. Yes. Maybe. So if we could just narrow in a little bit on that real quick, yeah. I think that would be Do you have like any an statistics? distinction. I don't have the specific statistics, but what I will say is uh, the ability to say no mm -hmm. and consent yeah. are integral to those things. And so we're often conflating sex work as all of these categories as one, and they're not, they're pretty nuanced as we've discussed today. And I think that's really something that's really important for all of us to know, uh, that it's not one size fits all, as many things aren't. Right. Uh, and it's really important that we uh, have the ability to say no and that consent matters across the board. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, before we head out, Ryan, tell the people where they can find you. Uh, just search Ryan Keeley on the internet. Um, <laughs> it's the easiest way. <laughs> just go to my Instagram, Ryan Keeley TM. Uh, Twitter at Ryan Keeley and um, I have an OnlyFans page and it's yeah. really fun. Yeah. So yeah, you should check that out. But yeah, Google me and don't go to any of the hub sites because then I'll hate you forever. <laughs> 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 All right, Dr. Eddie, thank you so much for being with us. And uh, until next time, guys, adios.